Hello, and welcome to Tuesday Thanks, presented by Leeds Hospitality Group. I'm your host, Brian Proctor. Join me as we sit down to chat with yet another industry leader. Our guests come from a wide range of professions across the globe. We'll take the time to learn about their journey, where it started, and where they are today. We use this opportunity to allow the guests to thank an individual or individuals that played a key role in their career understand what they learned from the experience and how they have incorporated it into their own development and growth. Gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Not only can it help your mental well-being, it can also improve your physical health. So join us as we share some great stories, thank a lot of wonderful people, and of course, share some laughs. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tuesday's Thanks. I'm excited to be joined today by Chris Russell, CEO of Spire Hospitality. Spire, an owner-centric hotel management solution with a continued focus on people, purpose, and passion, manages upwards of 30 properties in almost every segment of hotels and resorts in 18 states across the U.S. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show today. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Great. Well, listen, I'm going to dive in like I always do with everybody, and let's just get this rolling. How did you come into this crazy business of hospitality? Well, you know, something really early on in my career, I kind of had my sights set on it. You know, initially in my early, early days, I wanted to be a police officer, ironically enough, which is what my dad was. So he had this conversation with me and said, listen, you you don't want to be a police officer, it means nights, weekends, away from your kids, you know, on and on. And otherwise, it's a great career choice. And by the way, you have to pretty much when you sign on, you're, you're there. I mean, you can't move. So think about all those things. So I ended up getting in the business, really, in a business that had to work nights and weekends and being away from the kids anyway. <laughs> but at least had the ability to, to, to live anywhere that I wanted. And, you know, that was interesting to me because I grew up in Long Island, New York, and I just felt like I needed to be out there doing something different somewhere. And it, it, it felt logical, but, but really my first gig was in the restaurant business. And, and that's how I grew up in it. You know, my last couple of years of high school, which my 11th and 12th, my family had moved out on the North Fork of Long Island. And I was lucky enough to meet a guy named Dean Blakey, who owned a couple of different restaurants out there. Yeah, I started like most normal people doing a restaurant, you know, dishes, eventually prep cook, opening clams and oysters. It was, it was a nice couple of restaurants on the water, you know, on the Pahonic Bay. And, you know, sometimes I could take my boat to work. I didn't do that often, but sometimes I was out on a Saturday with some friends in high school and they dropped me off at the, at, at the dock and told me, see you later and they went out water skiing i ended up going in and shucking clams and oysters for for a couple hours or washing dishes you know second year i got a little bit more interested in the business you know after being exposed to that and had the opportunity to you know do some different things i started busing i started cooking did a lot more about the ins and outs of you know fishing for lobsters out of the tank to you know being out in front of the guests and and you know, Dean really gave me a shot, you know, just kind of being an all around quote unquote utility player for the first few years. And that was really my first entree into the business. 
So did that drive you to look at further education after high school? And because I think you went to CIA, right? I, I mean, not, I not, not the CIA in Washington, but the right, right. culinary Institute. Right. Exactly. I actually, I was pretty interested in it early on. And I, I applied to the CIA really <clears throat> late part of 11th grade into the early part of 12th grade and got accepted. And where a lot of my friends were applying to different schools, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. At the time, I'm like most any young person that's in the restaurant business in a small town. You know, I got out and I wanted to own my own restaurant. So I thought that was a, you know, a, a perfect way to do that. But as I started to get into it and learned about so many different parts of the things that I didn't have a chance to learn, you know, working at the CIA, I guess great exposure there. I still stayed tethered to the business, actually, to the place that I worked and, you know, for Dean. And I used to drive home every weekend and whether it be working in the kitchen or working behind the bar and basically put myself through school doing that. And, you know, went through that for a couple of years, finally graduated. And for some reason, I thought that it would be really cool to move to Houston. <laughs> and <laughs> I had the opportunity to work at the Four Seasons Hotel, you know, for the first year. Really? Four yeah. Seasons Houston, man, I, I forgot that they had that there. Yeah, that was the Inn on the Park at the time. It opened up as the Four Seasons, and I got there right after that, which I don't think it's, I think it's an Omni or something. I'm not really sure. But anyway, that was my first year. I So I worked in the French restaurant, La Reserve, during the day. And then at nighttime, I went to a local place called The Hobbit Hole and bartended at night and had you know, kind of the best of both worlds. He had a great experience during the day and actually made some money at night and met, met, had a good a social outlet there too, doing that. Wow. Yeah. Cause I was at the Inn on the Park in Toronto. Oh, were you? Yeah. And wow. I would have been there. I was at the Inn on the Park in Toronto, which for the listener in Topeka, Kansas, was Izzy Sharp's first hotel. Okay. And I think I was there 89 to 91. Okay. I was there about 10 years earlier than that. Yeah. Yeah. 81, 82 time frame. Oh, that's too funny. So what was the connection to Houston? Was it, did Four Seasons recruit you out of CIA? Did you no. just say, hey, I want to go to where humidity reigns or what? No, I, I actually it was really by happenstance. My, my roommate at the time who, you know, we were pretty tight and good friends and he's like, let's, let's just go. I mean, he graduated before I did. Let's just go and get in the car and, you know, drive as far as we can. And we were actually headed towards California going through, I guess the Southern route as, as you call it. And, or as it was called at the time. And, and we ran out of money by the time we got to Houston. And we pulled in a parking lot of a month to month, you know, called Oakwood gardens, little apartment complex type thing. And so, okay, let's work for a couple of months. And he got a job, you know, and, in, in working for the, the original Pappas brothers doing mm -hmm. that, and I ended up getting a job you know, with four seasons, totally knocked on the door and went in and, you know, what we thought was gonna be a couple of months trying to make some money ended up being a year for me and, and him as well. Oh, that's too cool. Yeah, that's great. Funny. great story. My brother had the same thing happen. My older brother, he was driving to Vancouver from Montreal and their car, he was driving a Bruce somebody or something. Mm -hmm. They, their car broke down in Calgary. They had no money to fix it. So he ended up spending, I think the next 25 years in Calgary, Alberta. And that's oh. how we ended up in Calgary. So similar, yeah. you know, similar to you. You ran out of money. He ran out of a car. Yeah. I ran out of money and I was in his car. So it was, you know, <laughs> ended up after a year of doing that. I was like, you know, 
love the job, great experience, but you know, can't lie, I was more motivated. Every time I would see somebody walk in the kitchen, you know, whether it be a food and beverage director or a GM or something, they looked a lot more comfortable than I did because I was behind the line, either, you know, cooking, putting out lunch or prepping. So I had this real interest in getting the job with the air conditioning side of the business as mm-hmm. opposed to the in the kitchen and it, it really working and growing up from, you know, 15, 16 years old, you know, having done that for six or seven years, I kind of got a little, I don't say burnt out on that. I just lost the passion to be in the kitchen. I enjoyed it. I just didn't, and still to this day, enjoy it. I just didn't want to have to do it. So I went back to, to Long Island and, and Dean was nice enough and, and it worked out well. He said, listen, you've had some great experience. We've worked together for a while. Why don't you stay on and, and help me manage these restaurants that you grew up in? And I'm buying another one. So I thought that was really kind of cool thing to do. So I went from dishwasher and, and did a lot of different things to a few years later, I became his manager for those two places. Helped him open up that third one. Had a great experience with it. I really enjoyed it. But it was my hometown, relatively small hometown. And, you know, still call it home and got some friends and family there today. But one day, you know, I, I found myself in this routine of working, going to happy hour, going to the beach, you know, doing these kinds of things every single day. And it got to be 23, 24 years old. And which was fine. I was making a good money at that point for, for them, for a 24 year old kid. And one of my closest friends of high school, who was, you know, working in Albany, New York at the time, and by the way, he's still one of my good friends today. He comes down, we go out to the day, we jump on his little 18 foot boat, whatever he had, and we just go out and spend the day in the water. And he stops and he turns off the engine. And he said, Russell, what do you do with your life? What are you talking about? He says, you're in your hometown. You went to a good school. You've got some great experience. Is this what you're going to do? I mean, you work for the owner. What else do you want to do? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking Friday night, right? Okay, what am I doing Friday, Saturday? He's like, what do you want to do for your career? So I talked a little bit about it, and I kind of dismissed it as, you know, it's just Greg being Greg. And that turned out to be probably the best conversation I ever had in my life with somebody that was vested in me as a person and was an outsider looking in because he wasn't with me out on Friday nights. He wasn't with me, you know, doing the crazy things like, you know, last minute going to Florida for a day or two or, you know, going camping for a weekend or, you know, spending the entire weekend at happy hour. You know, he was totally vested. And he, at the time, was working as a teacher up in Albany. And he said, listen, why don't you just come up, work with, you know, move in with me. I've got an extra room. You know, his friend moved out. He said, you don't have to pay rent, you don't have to do anything, just come up and get a fresh start. So I thought about it for a week or two. And I was like, you know something? Why not? So I gave obviously gave the great notice. A good friend of mine owned the restaurants and packed up my car and moved to Albany, New York of all places from Long Island, which some people looked at me like I was crazy, but you know, it was a great opportunity to at least live somewhere different. And that's what I did. And from there, wanted to try hotels. 
So I went knocking on doors in the back door and applying for jobs. And I got a job as a restaurant manager in Schenectady, New York, at all places. And it was, you don't talk about going from, you know, riches to rags, you know, it was like, I went in for 25% of what I was making as a restaurant manager, as a manager of a couple of different restaurants, but it was experience. It was experience. And, you know, I, and I have kind of really done that through my career. I've never taken a job for the money ever, even after being married with kids today, I've always taken it for the experience and, and that's what I did then. And that's what, you know, I still have done that even later in my career. Yeah, I learned the front house. I'm learning front of the house, the restaurant business enough to know that that's what I wanted to do. And so, how long was the stint in Albany for? I was there for a couple of years. I was there for a couple of years, for two years. And in really funny story, kind of a side story that not many people know, but towards the end of the two years, a couple of months short of that, Greg took another job with with General Electric and moved away, and went something different. So. I pretty much had no place to live. You know? So I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to stay here for my life. I'm not really sure what I want to do. And I surely can't afford the rent on my own. So I moved into this public storage bin for about two months <laughs> just to kind of regroup a little bit, put all my stuff in there. Fortunately, I had some friends in the area that I could, you know, I don't know, two, three, four months, whatever it was, and and kind of had my kind of huddled out of there for a bit and thought about it and was still unsure knew liked what i was doing and one of the cooks came up to me in this in, in the restaurant that i was working at and said hey chris you went to the cia didn't you i said i did he said i'm really interested in going down there could do you mind taking me for a ride or can i go with you just so you could show me around now i had been out for five years right at least four or five years so we jumped in the car one day on our day off and we drove down to the CIA. Well, it was actually a, had to be a career day, wow. going my, which I had no idea. He had no idea, but I started walking around and meeting and greeting and talking to folks. And I was just jeans and an old t-shirt. You know, it was my day off, probably unshaven, definitely no resume and went up and talked to, oh man, there had to be 80 or hundred companies. Talked to probably about 20 to 30. Well, that one day, that one visit to the CIA that day with Career Day, I ran into a company called Harvey Hotels based in Dallas, which eventually became Bristol. And that turned into a 15 year career right there. And loved, loved that communication at the, at the job fair, asked me to come down. I was a little hesitant because, you know, I'm thinking Dallas, Houston's the same thing. Went down just for the grins. And the experience there was great. So I went home and gave my 30 days notice at public storage and borrowed my brother's car at the time. I think I took over his payments because my car couldn't make it. And pretty much put everything I owned in the trunk and, and came down to Dallas and again, started a 15 year career, which, which was probably the best. Second best decision, which turned out to be the best decision that I, that I ever made career-wise. So when you joined Harvey and then it eventually zipped into Bristol, how many hotels were at the beginning and then how many hotels were at the end? Because you guys oh. grew substantially, right? In oh, those yeah. 15 years. Yeah, I started as a catering sales manager at the original Harvey Dallas Hotel that opened. 
you know, selling banquets, weddings, bar mitzvahs, corporate events. And we had three hotels. And they were in the process of opening the one at the airport, actually two at the airport eventually. And then so it was three hotels when we opened and what we sold, my numbers might be wrong, but it was pretty close to 140 hotels. Yeah. That's... You know, so through that time, they, they you know, Felcor became a partner, you know, as well, and they helped us grow. And, and there's some other local high net worth investors that, that, that became a partner. So I think the good part about being in Bristol was, and, you know, not only was I aligned culturally, you know, kind of the way I grew up with work ethic and service first and, you know, things I learned from Dean, things I learned from my dad, things I was, you know, a lot of different things, but, you know, John Becker, Pete Klein, the people that, that, really started the company were very, very focused on, you know, culture, very focused on values, very focused on family, hard work. And, and they provide an opportunity, you know, for the people that did a good job and got results to grow. And as they grew, you know, I got over promoted with everybody else. <laughs> that was part of it and thrown into some different situations that, that we had that opportunity to learn and be part of the company and, you know, side benefit. I met my wife there who also had a 14 year career with Bristol. You know, she's there one or two years less than I was, which, you know, obviously worked out well for me that way. So my father was right. I'd never moved back to New York. I married a Texas girl and then met who's my today business partner in an operational sense and in my, in my right hand really for the last 25 years, Donna Como, who's our COO here at the company. You know, we've worked together for 30 plus years. Well, we know each other for 30 plus years for sure. In the last 25 years, we've been, you know, really side by side ever since Bristol sold to the different companies that I've worked with. Well, I have it from a very good source that your years at Bristol were fast, furious, <laughs> fun, fun-filled, and just full of hard work and just plowing away at, at growing that company again from three to 140 in a matter yeah. of, you know, 10 years, when you think about it, 10 to 12 years, that's, that's pretty remarkable because you're, you were what a divisional vice president, I think at Bristol when, when you we sold, when we sold, I mean, I went, I went the route of from catering sales to food marriage director, the GM and the area director and, and on up. And I actually moved a couple of times with Bristol. You know, they took my wife and I and asked us to move at the time. We didn't have any kids. And we went to Houston for a couple of years, took on a, a new hotel that we sold, that we bought, I'm sorry, and then became an area director when I moved to Memphis. So I was Houston for two years, went to Memphis for a year, and then down to Orlando for a year. And my, and my wife as well had both kids on the road. You know, my daughter, Mola's daughter was born in Houston, made some great friends there, and, and you know, she was born there. And then when we went to Memphis, my second daughter was born there. And so, you know, towards the end of that four or five years, my youngest daughter was diagnosed with, with a, a rare disease. And, you know, it, it kind of changed our lives quite a bit. And the company, you know, John in particular was great at, at saying, listen, you, you pay your dues with us. We've got an opportunity for you back in Dallas. If that's where the best doctors are, come back. And you know, sure enough, you know, my wife and I moved back and, and finished out our, you know, next couple of years until they sold. Yeah. It was great. It was a great experience. And, 
you know, where, where I learned the business from Dean originally, the restaurant business, I think I learned about life and career from Bristol and, and the people that were around there. Some of my best friends today are people that I, that I grew up with there. Yeah, a real, and like I said, I I have a good source and mm-hmm. right. it was a real family driven company, entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. fast paced, but family above all else. And, you know, it must've just been a great place to both grow up career wise, but grow up on the personal side as well, when you're surrounded by that type of an environment. It was. And and like I said, they overpromoted us because they said, okay, you you know we're we're aligned culturally, values wise, you get good results. We'll you'll figure out all the technical stuff later. And yeah, that was very true with a bunch of us. And we're yeah. excited for the opportunity. That's outstanding. And then so your time comes to an end at Bristol in about two thousand, I think. It was. It Probably. was in yep. Yep. And the move to Prism, how did that come about? You know, I, I had an opportunity to stay on with, with, it was Bass at the time, of course, now IHG. And, you know, they, they asked a couple of us, you know, they've retained a lot of people and, and, you know, the opportunity to stay on with them. And, and it just didn't, you know, I, I thought about it. I said, well, bigger company, inevitably moved to Atlanta. Obviously, I couldn't with my family situation anyway. And so I opted and ended up taking, you know, they were very, very good in terms of the severance package. So I stayed in Dallas and took my chances and, you know, looked around a little bit and called in some resources and, and went a lot of different directions. And I don't remember how I connected with Steve Van in Prism, but when I met Steve, who developer built some hotels, had contemplated getting into the management business, which I think he was a receiver and manager over two hotels at the time in Far East Texas. And I met him and I, and I spoke with him and, and he said, listen, I've been starting, I've been thinking about starting this management company more formally. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, debt maturing pretty soon and a lot of the, you know, CMBS business. And, you know, we struck a chord and decided that I took the chance on, on him and he took the chance on me and, you know, we worked well together and it was right before 9-11 and that certainly helped. Unfortunately, you know, it, it certainly propelled the business, you know, kind of given what was going on in the cycle at that point. But yeah, it was really the first opportunity that I had to, you know, I'll start fresh, right? It was, he had a couple of hotels that he was managing, but really to go from two hotels to the, you know, the dozens of we hotel, hotels that we had in the next couple of years. First person I brought on was Donna, who I mentioned earlier, who worked closely <laughs> with Bristol. And Donna and I, and, and you know, another handful of people that we had worked with at Bristol, just, and some of which were still there today at Prism and you know, were part of the Ambridge sale when the Ambridge purchased. Yeah. Yeah, but it was great. It was a great experience for four years. And, you know, it, it's, I learned a lot about that side of the business, you know, Having grown up in Bristol, wasn't exposed to a lot of the, the you know, the CBS and the and, and the stressed hotels, and it learned a lot. You know, having you know, different different type of business for me at the time, and uh, you know, I owe Steve, uh, you know, a big thank you just for for giving me that opportunity and to enter yeah. the chance on me. And I think that, you know, I think it was, I think it worked out well for Steve, and I know it worked out well for me. 
Yeah. Well, it got you into the C-suite, number one, right? As a yep, chief operating sure officer. Sure did. And, and you were a limited partner, too, I think. I was. Well. I was. That's right. So yeah. to your point, you're now mm -hmm. learning a whole new side of the business and responsibility that, you know, again, just another feather in the cap, so to speak, that's as right. you continue to grow. And you're still a young guy at that point in, in 2000. Right. So, right. so you're with them for about four years. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say your next seven years is with a company that I have no idea about. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd never even heard of, and I'd lived in, you know, the Dallas area for three and a half so, years. Yeah. So, so actually what happened towards the end of the four years is a guy that I worked with at Bristol, who I stayed friends with a guy named Todd Noble, introduced me. He was working for Goldman Sachs at the time, and, and they were looking to start their in-house hotel management platform. So the Archon Hospitality is a Goldman Sachs company or was a Goldman Sachs company, but it didn't exist. You know, Archon was a Goldman sub that had a lot of real estate operating businesses, you know, with, with retail, multifamily, et cetera. And they didn't have a hotel platform. So, yeah, so I got hired on, met, you know, through Todd, made some introductions. I got hired on to really start that hotel management platform and work closely with Todd. He focused on working with Goldman on the acquisition side. I focused on building the operating platform. And of course, Donna came with me again and, you know, a few others and, and quite a few others. And we all together really put the infrastructure into what grew to be originally 25 hotels, which is our for, first portfolio with, with Goldman, with Whitehall funds specifically up to, you know, 265 hotels over the course of the first couple of years. And, you know, some say we were building the plane after takeoff, which you know, we were, <laughs> we, you know, we're hiring and, and. You know, Goldman bought a couple of big portfolios that we ended up taking on as management, first asset management, then management. And then after the financial crisis, which is what that seven year time frame was, then Goldman had to be out of the operating business since they turned to be a, a bank holding company. And that's when we switched from Arkham Hospitality to, to Pillar Hotels. So it was really the same oh, company. Okay. Yeah, it's really the same company. It was just under two separate ownership groups first Goldman. And then I was fortunate enough to, with Todd, you know, be introduced to Dewey Weaver with Intermountain Hotels, who was, I was very lucky to really hit it off with Dewey. And Dewey came in and, and really bought the management platform from Goldman and kept me on as the one to continue to lead that and grow that. But also he brought me on as a partner too. And we did that together for about five years and diversified a bit away from Goldman, you know, as they sold hotels, which are replaced with some of the other large property equity and REITs, you know, and, you know, I spent most of my time at Pillar, you know, doing that. We did his revenue management for Intermountain and Intermountain took on the responsibility of all of our innovations. So it was, it was great. And, you know, I couldn't have had a better partner in Dewey and he was, you know, gave me another opportunity. So it, it really kind of gets to that next level. Yeah. There's a, a pattern with you, right? Cause every, every new position you take, you're very fortunate and fortunate comes from hard work, mm -hmm. obviously, but in my mind, but you know, just working next to the Goldman team who are world-class yeah. brilliant guys, yeah, learning that side. And then you come in with Dewey with Intermountain. And, you know, you're continuing to grow the management side of it, but you're also learning all the other aspects of this that 
Right. It's fascinating. Yeah. And, and go and listen, you know, we all know, you know, it's highly institutional, right? Just, you know, you know, a lot was bought through the Whitehall funds and very high institutional. And you're right, real smart, smilk for folks. And I, I learned an awful lot. And then, and then working with Dewey, you know, it was kind of like returning home to Bristol in many respects, you know, the good family feel and, and it was a great opportunity. And, you know, I, I think I, I've always been very careful and, in, in, you know, and, and, surround myself with the right people and Dewey, you know, Todd, who I worked with in the past at, at Bristol opened up the door to Goldman and then, you know, then meeting Dewey and working with him for five years. And we, we still remain friends and, and had done dinner not too long ago, but yeah. Yeah. Now that ability to build relationships as you go through, because you never know when they're going to come back. Never. Right. And and Never. kind of, you know, give you that next boost or, or whatever. So it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. So Pillar until about 16 and then Spire, you joined in 18, I think. Yeah. So 16, we sold to Ambridge. You know, Dewey and I spoke about it. And, and you know, we had another partner in there as well. And you know, we spoke about it. It, it felt we didn't know what the long term for the for the for the Goldman hotels were going to be. And that was a substantial part of our business. Dave Johnson was very interested in you know, expanding his business. In fact, you know, before Dave and Ambridge bought us, we were the largest select surface operator in the country. We're pretty close. And then Dave became that. So the merging the two companies, I had an opportunity to stay on, you know, Dave and I spoke a bit, quite a bit about it. Just wasn't something that, that worked for me. You know, I was, I was ready, you know, after 12 Mm -hmm. years, I was ready to do something different. Wasn't sure what that was contemplating doing something out of the business. What really wasn't sure. So, you know, I, I worked through my two year non-compete, you know, I had an obligation to Dave, if you need anything. And I helped with the transition for the first six months prior, you know, and did some consulting, worked with new Christ image guys for a bit, by the way, no surprise, Donna worked with me there too. <laughs> and, and we did that. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to meet, you know, Chad, Russ and John with Spire. And that was in 18. So. Right when my non compete burned out in June of 18, I started like a week later. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I remember the pillar deal with Ambridge because mm-hmm. I was with Evolution at the time. Oh, okay. That's right. And I remember, you know, hey, they just, you know, to your point, became the largest in the world operator or yeah. management company of SelectServe. I remember that deal very well. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, listen, Ambridge had a good, really good full service infrastructure and did some select service. And we had a really good select service infrastructure and did some full service. And even though my career, I grew up in full service, you know, the, you know, the pillar slash Goldman experience, we just bought, you know, so much select service. Cause that was, you know, at the time that was the, you know, that just worked for the investment, you know, for their platform. Well, and, yeah, people don't realize the full service snobs, like, yeah. You know, you could yeah. call me one, I guess, in my career. Didn't I never realized how much money these select service properties drive, right? I mean, right. with the right brand in the right location and you're running a, you know, call it a 55, 60% GOP and the margins are crazy. And if you're managing and you've got a good revenue management system in place, I mean, they just print cash. Right. And you have to have a different, a little bit of a different mindset in that you're, you tend to do things a little bit more centralized too. Mm-hmm. Like service model because of, you know, the hotels don't have as many resources in so many cases. Yeah. So I think total yeah. transition. 
No, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about Spire. What's going on? What, what are you guys doing for, in terms of growth? What do you look for? How are, how are things going? Sure. We're, you know, we're owned by AWH partners out of New York and they sponsor deals. I'll go out and find deals and they underwrite, you know, a fair amount. And when it makes sense in time, the, the deal, they'll bring us into it and, and we'll look at it from an operational standpoint, which is candidly, which is one of the reasons I was hired by Goldman to the, the add the operational view into it as well. And, you know, we'll provide the, the, the operational, you know, look at the underwriting and the sport. We've come to, you know, some kind of a joint conclusion of what it looks like. And AWH is fortunate to have a lot of partners. So all of our hotels have different partnerships. Some are the same. And, you know, it could go from private equity to high net worth, family office, you know, some syndicated and, but there's a partner for everything. And I think that AWH will put in some of the equity and our partner will put in some of the equity and, and we will manage it for them and, and be aligned with AWH. And then there's another ARPA AWH, it's AWH development. And Tim Osiki, who's a, the gentleman that, that runs that, my counterpart on that side, he'll take care of all the renovations. And he's a former Concord guy. Hmm. So my former pillar, Bristol slash pillar asked Arcon and then his Concord, I think that gives AWH a good balanced, you know, operations to development. And then they do a great job at the underwriting and, and, the, and the deal side. And then we overlap a lot. It's, it's a very coordinated approach to that. So they have, you know, like everybody else, there's, you know, some challenges right now with interest rates. So we're trying to sort through and, the, and deal flow. But, you know, I think two years ago, we took on five or six hotels, you know, that they purchased. This last year alone, we've added four here in total third party away from away from them, away from AWH. So we're going after, you know, some third party business. You know, we don't have 10 people out there knocking on doors every day, but we're certainly doing it by relationships and by referral. You know, it's probably how I spend a little bit more of my time, you know, these days, you know, but we've been able to add some on and, and one was from original, you know, client that we have in house on an investment on something else that, you know, they needed some help on those hotels, which we transitioned in. And another one was from a referral. And that's what we're doing right now. We're, you know, we've got a couple of things that we're looking at on the management side, as well as the acquisition side. Now, do you target a specific segment or is it each deal is its own deal and it's you're, you're open to anything and everything? Yeah, each is his own deal. And we try to be careful about you know, I get very sensitive to, especially my experience with Pillar. It's like if you have a single small hotel up in, you know, six hours away from any airport, it, it's a lot more difficult to manage. And candidly, that's better for more of a local operator to manage. Mm -hmm. uh, unless it's a relationship of ours, then, then we'll look at that. I think on the acquisition side, they're, you know, pretty opportunistic guys. You know, they'll look at, we just took on a, a large condo hotel last year in fact just hit a year in orlando you know 900 plus rooms and adding another 150 rooms to that which is a, a total different than our you know half a dozen embassy suites that we have yeah that was also an opportunistic purchase versus some of our other you know got a nice select service hotel and you know we held a garden in, in, in fremont so yeah i think it's really more about the deal the partner the upside the opportunity and, you know, the market's changed a little bit. So I think 
not that we're more open, but we've always been open to opportunistic opportunities. Yeah. And, you know, love the markets that we can, we can get to pretty quickly for sure. Or at least we've got a presence. We've got a team. We've got a, one of my, our leaders, Richard Sandoval's in the California market. And he has a lot of the West coast hotels, you know, Donna's here in Texas with me. And then I've got a, a, an ops guy, you know, Steve Neff, who's based in Nashville. Stephanie Box is based here in Dallas with me. And then we've got sales and revenue management and, you know, throughout the, really throughout the country. So mm -hmm. accessible all over. Cool. Well, listen, I, I could literally go on for hours with you just to pick your brain and, and kind of go through that. And knowing that you, yes, did go to a career where you were going to work weekends and nights, but at least unlike your father, there was nobody you know, shooting at you. Yeah. Um, so, that's, so, so not that, every day. <laughs> yeah, not every day. Yeah. So that, that's, right. a, that's a good thing. But so you've mentioned a lot of people along mm -hmm. the way between, you know, Dean getting you started and then Greg mm -hmm. and John and Pete, Steve, Todd, Dewey, obviously Donna's been your left and right arm helping you along the way. It's Tuesday. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you sure. to let you thank anyone else that you haven't mentioned already and uh, go from there. So the mic is yours, young man. Sure. Well, thanks. Yeah. I certainly, the, the ones that, that you noted are, are like some of the, some of the key folks in my career, my career path. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't mention some of the team that's with me, I mentioned Steve and Steph and Richard, and we've got, we've got a bunch here that have, we've been together, like Steve, for example, we've been together since Orlando. And that goes back to you know, the late nineties, he was a front office manager and I was an air director and, and we've worked together since. And, and Steph, we met, Stephanie, we met with one of the transitions back in the Goldman days, you know, there's, there's numerous people that it's just not me and Donna that have worked together for the years, but it's a, it's a whole bunch of people that, that still continue to work with us. You know, I'd, I'd also tell you that, that, and I don't want to, you know, my wife has, is you know i always say that donna is you know is is so important to me professionally and she's a great friend i always said she's you know 90 percent of my work brain <laughs> and you know we just we just balance each other out and she works very well with the team and, and we're all partners you know you know richard steve the whole team but my wife you know i i don't want to overlook her because you know hitting 33 years of marriage and you know raising a special needs child and she giving up her career and willing to move to those different locations and you know where donna's 90 percent of my work brain you know she's 90 percent of my personality and my you know my drive and you know she's just been you know a credit and, and watching her what she's doing for the special needs community and autism and stuff like that it really gives me a lot of motivation mm -hmm. and you know I, when I was at Bristol and she worked there as well, you know, we had a lot of hotels and we'd go to a conference or a sales event and half the people in the room knew me as Leslie's husband and the other half knew her as my wife. And it was one of those things that we, you know, I certainly benefited. I got the better end of the deal for sure on that. Well, but, I can, I can tell you my source from Bristol said the same thing. Oh, no, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. Trust me. Yeah. It's my, my daughter who's in the business. You know, she got out and she ended up in working for Wyndham for a little bit. And she worked with a lot of folks that, that my wife had worked with in the past and, and myself. And she goes, 
boy, if I, mom, if I hear one more story about how you train this person in sales and, you know, back in the day, and she's like, yeah, it was something back in the day, wasn't I? And, <laughs> but the funnier thing when she, when, when my daughter comes in and asks questions about the business, she doesn't necessarily go to my wife first. And my wife's, hey, listen, I was in the business too. I remember this kind of stuff. So it's a good family thing. We like it. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And listen, Chad, Russ, and John today, I mean, they, you know, they brought me on and, and it was a, it was a Chicago based company and they allowed me the opportunity to bring it to Dallas and, you know, it candidly probably wouldn't have worked. I mean, you know, granted it, it's a great place to do business. I mean, Chicago's great, but, but, you know, Dallas works, we have resources. So I really want to thank them for the opportunity to, to for bringing me on here and, and the team that they've assembled, they give us a lot of latitude and our job is to get results and, you know, support them and what they're doing. So. It, I mean, between Dean and Greg, John and Pete, Steve, Todd, Dewey, Chad, Russ, and John, and of course, Donna is in my current team here with Steve, Richard, Stephanie, Barbara, and HR, who's, you know, former Omni experience. And, you know, I almost hate to, to mention everybody because I'm going to leave somebody out. And yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be able to sleep for three days. <laughs> well, hopefully not. But yeah, so, I mean, you think about it, you know, one of the things I love when we do these shows is... You know, here's a guy, young guy who went from shucking oysters, right, mm -hmm. on weekends. I still have scars, by the way. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you how many fingers yeah. you still have. Oh, I got the, yeah. But, you know, you go from shucking oysters to living in a storage unit, yeah. you know, to become CEO and uh, all of these companies and, and stuff. It's just such a great journey. And you don't get there on your own, obviously. And you, it sounds like you've, you know, again, people say, well, I'm lucky this, but I, I still say hard work brings the luck. So you've had a great journey with all of these folks around you. Because of, because of the folks around me and, you know, we've, 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 well, thank you for saying that, but you know, it's, it's I've, I've really, I try to surround myself with the right people and, and, you know, it's, 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 it's certainly helped me and I, I like to think that I've helped them, but it's, it's, it's been, it's been great. It's been great. I'm, I'm sure glad for, you know, this career choice. Yeah. And well, it sounds like you made the right choice in not following your father, although your father had a very admirable role. Uh, and we, you know, greatly respect what those guys and gals do. But I think you made the right choice here because you've obviously been very successful. You've impacted, you know, hundreds of people along the way at a minimum. And and you're still young. So you've still got some runway ahead of you. I got some runway. That's right. Although, you know, it's, it's every day you wake up, it's like, how much more runway do I have? But yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got plenty in front of me and, and you know, we've got a good team that, that keeps me going. So I've got a lot of years left. That's for sure. Super. Well, listen, like I said, I could talk for hours, but you've got a life. And so I want to thank you again for, for doing the show and I'll end up as I always do with people. It's Tuesday. So let's get out there and Thanks some folks. They're going to, they're going to love getting the, the recognition and the gratitude and you're going to feel pretty good doing it. So again, Chris, it's been great speaking with you and thanks again so much for doing the show. All right. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you having me. Hope you enjoyed the show today and thanks so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you would like to be a guest on the show so that you can thank someone for their role in your career, please reach out to me via our Tuesday Thanks website at www.tuesdaysthanks.com. Remember, a sincere thank you goes a long way to making someone feel appreciated and can make their day. So until next time, 
Be well, be safe, and please don't be afraid to tell someone thanks. Chat soon.